Welcome back to the Project 24 podcast. Today I have Nate with me and we're going to talk about getting your channel monetized. Oh yeah. Get something people are thinking about at the beginning of the year. Get those goals. Yes. Actually first, let's go over the different ways you can monetize a channel. Mm-hmm. Just sure. briefly. So you're talking about not just YouTube Partner Program. Yes, like exactly. all the ways you can monetize. The ways you can make money from your YouTube channel outside of YouTube just paying you. Right. Sounds good. Okay, so pretty much anything that you can direct an audience to, you can make money with. Uh, anything. Brands are realizing this more and more. The value. That, so the age old, you know, why does Coca-Cola put billboards on the side of uh, football playing fields. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is he do that? It's because it, it's awareness. Wherever the attention is, the entertainment is awareness. And so, uh, it, brands and smart business people understand the value of having an audience. And so, what you're doing as a YouTube channel is you are building an audience. That is what a YouTube channel is. Uh, and so, it's not necessarily that the audience itself or the channel itself is your business. In some cases it is, but in most cases, YouTube is the marketing arm. It's simultaneously building awareness, um, qualifying leads, and just building an audience or a group of people that know about you. Mm-hmm. So at its core, that's what it is. It's anything that you could direct an audience to, or your audience to, you can monetize with. You can make money with it, uh, which is really cool. Uh, so, I mean, variety of options. There's obviously... Affiliate revenue, or sorry, ad revenue, YouTube Partner Program ad revenue. Um, there's affiliate revenue. It's essentially where you say, hey, I'm going to, um, hey, I use this. If you use my link then and you buy it with my link, then I get a, a percentage of it. The How that started is if Joe down the road makes really good shoes and you buy shoes from Joe and you say, hey, this, these are really good shoes. Joe, what if I send someone your way? Would you share some of the money that they pay you with me? That's that's what affiliate revenue is. Um, so it's it's valuable for both parties because you've got the marketing, you've got the the audience, and they've got the products. It's a great symbiotic relationship. So that's affiliate marketing. Um, you can make your own products. So physical products, you can um, make. There's a, I won't go into all the ways, nor am I an expert on all the ways, but you can make something, a physical product, that you can then direct people to your website to purchase or to your Amazon or to a Shopify store or something like that, uh, that they can purchase a physical product. You can also do that with digital products where you create a, a guide or an information product or a membership. Project 24 is a membership. And so you can direct people elsewhere where you can help them more in depth. You can um, give them the complete guide to, to woodworking or how to do a specific project. That would be an information product because it's information they're buying and it it would be a digital product in most cases unless you're selling a physical book like a guide how to do that Mm -hmm. then um it would be digital and in most cases they buy access to it or they buy the ebook or etc etc another way is sponsorships this is alluding to what i was talking about earlier coca-cola i mean they sponsor things and so on youtube when you get a sponsorship a company approaches you and says if you whatever the terms are if you talk about our product or our service for 60 seconds of your video, then we will pay you a certain amount of money. Uh, they typically also provide you with a link, uh, which then they track on their end for their KPIs to understand how well, how valuable you are as a marketing channel for them. Uh, because if you do really well, if people buy because you recommend it, then they'll want to sponsor you again. 
And some of the best deals are a combination of sponsorship and affiliate uh, so that you as the content creator, you get paid to make the video and then paid whenever someone signs up. Like that's a pretty good deal on your part. Um, I'm trying to think there are other uh, options here. Those are the ones that are top of my top of my head. I'm sure there are others I'm not thinking about, but yeah. those are some of the, the primary options. That I, think I think those are big ones. Okay, so I think there's two types of people with YouTube. There's people that they have a business, they're looking for a way to market it, and they discover YouTube. Probably much more commonly on the YouTube platform are people that want to be YouTubers. Often they want to make money from it, but it's not so much they're trying to direct people to something else. So for those people that are like, eh, I don't, I don't want to teach a lot, maybe it's mostly entertainment, or maybe they just don't want to spend their time working on a whole side business, it's mostly YouTube that's that they're in it for. What would be the best ways to monetize for them? I look at it. That's a good question. Uh, so there's, I've heard it described as there are people that are rainmakers. They're the ones that drum up the, the, the awareness. Yeah. They generate, they create the buzz, the pizzazz. Most cases, what you're describing right there are, are those people. They're the people that want to entertain. They want to create content. Uh, and I would also say in most cases, people who start a YouTube channel from scratch start out in that space. They just want to make something that they care about. They just want to share something with the world. And that's that's that side of it. Uh, the other side or another role would be the the people who produce the products. Uh, and then there would be the people that support the products yeah. or the services. Um, so if, if I was just in a situation where I'm a rainmaker, I'm just drumming up interest and an audience, then what I would be doing in those cases is I would be looking for companies or products or services that I like that I could recommend to others. And even if that company doesn't approach me to sponsor my videos or create a partnership, I could reach out to them and do that because the, the benefit there is you don't even have to make your own thing. Yeah. If you come up with a good, I always use this example. <laughs> like if I, if I were doing a cooking channel, let's say it was blender cooking and it was all in a blender, right? If I, if I really liked uh, Vitamix blenders and the channel could even be entertainment. It doesn't even have to be uh, recipes and blenders. It could be, wow, you remember a while back, the Will It Blend? I don't know, I remember if people remember that. Oh, the Will it, blend, it was Blend Tech. They were yeah. like, Will It Blend? They blend up marbles and crazy <laughs> stuff. Anyway, but it could be entertaining style of content. But if I found a company that I really liked their products, I appreciated their mission, et cetera, et cetera, and I approached them and I said, look, I have a channel about blenders. I would, or I use a blender in every episode or whatever it may look like, I would love to be able to be a partner for you. And I'm essentially going to be a brand ambassador for you at that point. So my audience, even if I'm not teaching them something, so to speak, mm -hmm. I'm still doing entertaining content and I keep using a product over and over again. What's that? It's the classic product placement. It's why companies will pay to have their product in a movie, in a Hollywood movie. It's because it's product placement. It's like, well, hey, if Captain America uses drives a Mercedes, hmm. then that's cool. You better right? bet I'm driving one. <laughs> yeah, that that's the classic. That's the classic reason for product placement. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it can even go further, and I would say the trust level is even higher with a YouTube creator, because if you can go on there and say, by the way, I've tried a lot. Even if you're just entertainment, I've tried a lot of blenders, and Vitamix is the best. Like that. That's my re recommendation. I have a link in the description if you want to support the channel. Like if you want to. I know it's the best. If you want to support the channel, just buy your next one through my link, you know, right. something like that. And it, and it becomes associated in people's mind with your brand 
that is a very strong space to be at for a company to be associated with someone that people like and trust. That's why celebrities are such a big deal. And that's why companies will pay celebrities millions of dollars because of the awareness. There's the familiarity already before the, like Shaquille O'Neal, like everybody, quote unquote, everybody knows who that is. So when he recommends a certain type of shoes or something, like that's worth a lot to the company. And so as the creator, don't undervalue that. Yeah. Like you have a relationship, you've done all the work of drumming up the audience. Be very particular with what types of relationships you create. So if that's your goal and you're not there yet, what would a ballpark number of how many, let's go with views per video on average you get before people are even interested because there is an aspect to that where you've got to be somebody for something as subtle as essentially product placement or affiliates to make a dent. Yeah, that is a good good point. So I'm going to speak in terms of archetype here. For an entertainment or a connection style channel, if you don't have very many numbers yet, you're going to have a hard time mm-hmm. um, recommending products. and getting. Maybe people will buy it just to support you. But I wouldn't bank on it too much. Information channels have an advantage here. It's not blanket advantage, but they have an advantage here because if you can demonstrate expertise or that you went through the legwork of testing products and you say this is the best one, then people will buy it with your link as a way to say thank you. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Buy your intent. I'm going to buy this. Uh, you can do that with other archetypes, but it typically requires a bit more of you. It requires more than just a simple product placement. It requires demonstrating it more or um, giving more reasons why. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then the same question, if you are not trying to be just an entertainment channel or even you, let's say YouTube isn't even your main purpose. YouTube is just marketing for this other business that you have. How, what would be a good goal for a channel size? Um, maybe ultimately, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to strive to get their channel bigger every single year. They're just thinking, I really want to build this up to supplement my business in a year or two. What channel size should they be going for? I, I would follow the thread through and say, so thinking in terms of a marketing funnel, the, the concept there is when I put a dollar in or an effort amount in, what do I get out the other end? And so if I put a dollar into a funnel, do I get $2 out the other end? Or if I put a dollar into a funnel, do I get 50 cents out the other mm-hmm. end? So we need to work through that, make sure we have that uh, worked out. But I would be looking, I'd be starting at the other end. I would be starting at what's the value I'm, of a client, right? or a person that purchases or or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, Because if I were doing a more specialized thing where one client is worth $10,000, for example, then you wouldn't necessarily need as big of a YouTube channel in order to make that very valuable. Right. right? Uh, So your game there might be not necessarily the spread and get big and huge audience. It might not be what you're going for. It might be more create a YouTube channel that targets the perfect people. Yeah. So that your topics are perfect and they're just for that audience and you take them on video chains or hub and spoke and stuff. And so that by the end they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sign up, you know, I'm going to pay for their consulting or whatever it is. But if you have something that's a little lower um, ticket, lower priced here, if you're, let's say it's an Etsy shop or something and your average price is $20 or something, then I might go the route of, I got to demonstrate the beauty of my work and maybe I'm going for more viral videos 
maybe I show some really cool techniques and then I say, you can buy this that I just made mm-hmm. uh, in, in with my Etsy shop. Because then I'd be going for a larger number of people uh, in the door. It becomes a, a they're, both of them are, are marketing platform in that case, uh, your YouTube channel is, but it just becomes kind of a different game. So sorry, back right. to your question of channel size, it's really hard to say. It's it's mostly what are your goals and what are you looking to do on the other end of this this channel? If you really just want to make people laugh and entertain people, for example, you're going for big numbers. Typically, you, you got as many people as you can get laughing at your stuff. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. But you don't have to have that, depending on what your what your game plan is. Are, right. Yeah. And so at what point would you suggest implementing a monetization plan, which I would think would be something like what percentage you want of these, these revenue streams you want your income to come from. Mm. Is that correct? Uh, in, in what way? So maybe you're thinking I want 20% to be from ads. I'm expecting mm. 30% to be from affiliate, things like that. Yeah, this is going to also depend on your... Your plan also, your mm-hmm. game plan, like how you want to monetize. Uh, so the first step is just challenging the assumptions you you do have. If you are going into it assuming it's all going to be ad revenue, uh, it might not be. You might actually make a lot more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, a while back, I just remember Jim, who used to work with us, he he compared, this was a couple of years ago, but he compared Dave Ramsey. You know, many people know about Dave Ramsey. He talks about getting out of debt, and budgeting and that kind of thing to Mr. Beast, who at the time was a very large YouTube channel, maybe 40 million subscribers or something. And Dave Ramsey had maybe a million or 900,000 or something. And he said, without a doubt in my mind, Dave Ramsey's making 10 times as much as Mr. Beast, mm. even though the channel is dramatically smaller. Um, so to your question there of, it, I would start looking at it like, what is my audience there for? Uh, are they there just to laugh? Are they there to relax? Are they there to learn something? Are they there to buy something? And there can be a variety of reasons. It's not that there's only one, but typically there is a theme for the channel, what they're there for. And typically within a piece of content, there's a theme for that piece of content, that video. And so based on that, it kind of creates, uh, it creates different options for how best to monetize. For example, so I mean, if you were to have a consult with me, we could go more in depth on, on that. But like what, how to go about creating that type of plan. But in general, I would say, let's say you have a channel that's uh, skits and funny and you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that because for some reason I like watching that type of <laughs> And they're funny. They're funny. Uh, so if that was the type, I would be looking for a higher amount of ad revenue probably and uh, potentially more sponsorships. Uh, so people paying just for awareness of their product. I would typically be, I'd be looking more that route uh, because it's a game of numbers, big audience, big audience. That's yeah. what you're going for. Many more people laughing at my stuff, the better. And at that point, I mean, brands would just pay for that. It's that audience. It's not that that audience is ultra targeted though. So a brand that wants a very specific type of audience probably wouldn't be willing to pay you. Uh, in most cases, they wouldn't be mm-hmm. um, because it's like, why would I pay to sponsor a video where it's just silly skits and people laughing if I have a high ticket real estate mentoring program, $20,000, something like that, I probably wouldn't do that. It doesn't right. make sense unless I've run the numbers. And if I get in front of a million people, then enough people will come through. Great. Great. Um, so that'd be my, my game there. This is probably way more than you were asking. No, for, by that's the way. great. <laughs> uh, but if I was doing more 
uh, specialized. If I was doing an information style of channel, like uh, channel makers, then I would definitely be going into more creating my own thing, like a membership or an information product or, or that type of thing. Because at that point, I can, I, it's more specialized. And if I create my own thing, I can have more control over the overhead and, and that type of thing. Right. But you would definitely suggest having a plan of some sort to monetize from the very beginning? Yes. I think so. Uh, and you can assume going into it based on your archetype. If you're leading with entertainment, big numbers, so ad revenue and sponsorships are your big, big games there. Uh, you can create your own thing. That's great. But you, it's usually lower ticket or consumables like mm -hmm. Mr. Beast does his Feastables and Mr. Beast Burger, that type of thing. So consumables would be your game there. If your connection, brand awareness and brand partnerships could be some of the strongest with connection because if people really like you, they know you're almost like a celebrity to them. So long-term brand partnerships would be one of the big things I would be looking for. And affiliate stuff, if you recommend a product and you say, hey, use my link, that'd be great. You also get ad revenue, et cetera, et cetera. You can also launch your own product, uh, but that just know that that takes, um, especially physical products, tend to take a bit more work and yeah. more team. Um, so it, it's just if you want it. And right. then information, I'd be looking for strongly into creating your own uh, information or uh, digital product as your, probably your primary primary monetization source. And then secondary being affiliate. Mm -hmm. Sponsorships are a little bit more tricky on information because typically if you're selling your own thing, it's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of sponsorships on channel makers because if I'm selling my own thing, I don't necessarily want to distract with something else. So it's typically um, uh, adjacent services or products that I'm not going to do. Therefore, I can recommend somebody yes, else's. Yes, it's not going to start competing with what yes. you're going for. <laughs> Another thing I'd add is when you're thinking about your monetization plan early on, and it's hard to know when you haven't done it yet, but consider what you're really going to be committed to doing long-term because you're going to get burnt out of all this. And, you know, maybe you just want to stick to things where you're not going to have to do anything outside of YouTube, especially if you really enjoy content creation and the camera stuff and the production and probably stick to something that won't necessarily take a ton of work outside of YouTube. Um, and then also if you're, you know, going for trying to drive people to this business, you're really passionate about, maybe you love consulting and you know, you only have so many hours in the week, so that can only go so far. Maybe it's more important to you to love what you do than to make the most you could possibly make on YouTube. So that's something I would think about. Very as well. true. I agree hundred percent. Also, I remember another big monetization method, oh. Patreon or memberships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even talked <laughs> that about those one. thus far. That, that one's a big one for a lot of uh, companies. Depending on how you approach it, if it's if you're an influencer, behind the, scene, behind the scenes stuff or more access to you is really sweet and people will choose to do it for that. If you're information, some people use it as a membership. It's essentially a membership, so you give you know, your stock trading options or something. You only, your your current ones only go to your Patreon supporters. I saw, I reviewed a channel a while back that they were doing like $40,000 on Patreon a month um, because they were just in exclusive stock trading stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that worked very well for them. I've also seen others that just people really thought the person was really goofy and fun. And so they just wanted to support what they were doing. They had ongoing projects. Yeah, I want to pay, you know, mm -hmm. help them make better videos for me. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, so it works a lot. Yeah. That way. Memberships. If your business model can support that, that, I think that's something that can be scaled 
quite large. It's yes. got really high ceiling And it's sweet potential. because it's recurring. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Right, yeah. I'd also add to what you were saying about choosing. So making sure that you don't lose your craft, but choosing your monetization op- options on what you do long-term. Also, I would add in there another question is what size you want your team mm-hmm. to get to. Like even if you are all about the entertaining people, you don't really care about doing products, but you're open to it, then maybe that looks like getting someone else on your team that runs that part. Right. Or there there are companies that their entire job is making courses for people and they maintain the course. They do all of it. They just need you to, you know, turn on the camera and record the course or something like there's a lot of options. Yeah. Which is a perfect segue. I'm glad you brought up the team because the next thing I want to ask is, can you cover the costs of running a channel? Typically, of course, it's going to depend on the channel, but typically as a channel grows, the costs also grow as you need, you know, to keep up leveling it and having more team and things like that. Can you typically cover the cost with ad revenue from the YouTube partner program alone? Typically, no. Uh, From my experience, at least, and from the exposure I've had to other channels, Mm -hmm. uh, it's typically not. That's why, again, I call it your milk money, right? It's the the stuff that just, it's nice. It's it's nice to have, but rarely would I build a business model around it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, I'm glad that YouTube pays it. And I think that's one of the reasons why YouTube is more successful than other s- social platforms in this regard, because they pay people and it's alluring to have that. Like, man, I can just make videos and get paid for it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So it's good. I do know that a lot of channels rely heavily on it, especially a lot of, heck, a lot of gaming channels uh, that, that I've seen. They're, they can make pretty decent money, 20K or more a month from just ad revenue. Mm-hmm. And it's good and you can pay an editor out of that. You can still make a good living out of that. In I've done consults in the past. I was at an event, I think it was VidCon, and, and somebody spoke with me and uh, I was looking at his channel and he had oh, like 300,000 subscribers and it was kind of commentary content. And he was making, he told me how much he was making, eleven, twelve thousand $12,000 a month from ad revenue, which was great. Uh, but my immediate next question is, do you want to be relying on just that? I get it if you want to focus on your craft and enjoy that, but then would it be worthwhile? Is there a small investment of time or money you could make or even a big investment of time or money right now that would pay you more into the future so you're not so reliant on ad revenue? I get very concerned whenever you're too reliant on a single source. And I'm very aware that YouTube as a primary marketing source, if if your channel gets striked or you're you're gone, like that's not good, Mm -hmm. which is why... A lot of times, both from income source and marketing source, a lot of times you'll see people diversify. And I agree with that in most cases. Choose another social platform, get followers elsewhere, get an email list, get people into your program, like all of these other areas, so that if one of them fails, it's not a fail for your entire business. Or livelihood if you've quit your day job or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I've seen, a warning I would give about relying solely on ad revenue is... You don't want to get too attached to how your videos perform emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, because if it's if your if your source of revenue, if you're making money from ad ad revenue primarily from YouTube, what happens if your audience, if your views start going down? Like, what do you do then? Yeah, it's. I mean, in any case, any type of channel, you want to address that and fix it, right? But if you're relying on it, it makes it a whole different emotional game there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, take two scenarios. One where, you know, only 10% of your revenue 
or what you rely on, 10% of what you rely on is from ad revenue versus 100% and your views start going down, which one would be more stressful? Mm-hmm. Definitely the 100% one, right? So that's, People panic yeah. when that starts to happen. Even if they're making pretty good money still, it's not what they're used to. And what was his name? The guy that used to work for YouTube, Matt. Help me out here. Put you on the spot. You're blanking. Creator, creator Dynamics yes. is the channel. Uh, is the but channel. what's his name? Good enough for now. He he's had some videos about yeah big creators who they start to lose views. People maybe get tired of them or what they're doing, and yeah, it's it's a scary place to be in when you the other thing is I don't want to have to do YouTube forever. Yeah, I don't want to. That may be shocking to anyone listening to this, (laughs) Uh, but 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 I am serious here. I I don't think you or I ever want to feel like we have to do it Mm -hmm. forever. We don't, it's very active. It's a very active source of income. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, mm-hmm. active versus passive or residual. Um, YouTube ad revenue is active with some residual, meaning you do put effort in, you get results. So a job is active income. You work a certain number of hours, you get paid for that. Um, YouTube, you work a certain number of hours, you create a piece of content, you get paid for it. And then there's some residual as people watch your older videos. And that, that's great. Uh, but it's still very active. And so personally, and I think you listening to this could probably relate with this, I don't want to have to rely on that forever. I want other things. I want additional sources. I want more, you know, I want different options and from an income standpoint, but also from an interest standpoint, unless you're crazy and in the 0.00001% and you're a, a Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, right. who says he, like his whole life is, is YouTube. Most people are not that. And so it makes sense to set yourself up with a plan like you were talking about um, so you don't have to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Right. I was reading some books over the Christmas break and something interesting was that some studies have shown that if you're working on a creative project, you will do a lot better if you have intrinsic motivation. So you're doing it for creative reasons or mastery or because you feel like you're helping people. It's personally fulfilling outside of the money um, and people don't do so great on creativity usually when they're mostly motivated by money especially compared to other people who are not motivated by the money so I think that's an interesting thing with YouTube being such a creative thing yes. is there anything else you have on this topic you've been thinking about uh, no I mean primarily that I it's interesting that as I've been diving deeper into this little sneak preview depending on when this this podcast goes out here mm-hmm. So recently, as of recording this, I did a, we did a, I asked people for how much they're making from their channel. It's been really cool to see the results. So the data set was um, over half a million monthly revenue and a lot of 62 million monthly views or something like that. Uh-huh. So it was, a, it was a pretty good sized data set, but it was very interesting to see the variance. <laughs> Some channels that you would not think were making very much were making 50 grand, 50 grand a month and other ones that you would think they're getting I'll just think uh, like a million views a month or something making hardly anything. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to see the variance. So I'm excited to share that more with you. It's going to influence content here in project 24 as, as well as continuing research happens, but also I'm going to produce some, I have a couple videos in the work on channel makers in the works on channel makers talking more about that so yeah excited to talk more more about that this year this is gonna be fun it's not just size it's so much more to monetization than the size of your channel there's a minimum viable size i think but 
Great. Well, thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.